to the Web 2.0 Show with your hosts, Josh Owens and Chris Saylor. We're a show about the new web, the latest thoughts and technology behind internet development and content delivery. Welcome back to part two of our discussion with Jason Calacanis. We'll get right into the interview. I guess tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you're from, what you've done in the past. Then I guess we'll get more into Weblogs, Inc. Uh, Well, born and raised in Brooklyn and uh, lived in Manhattan my whole adult life. Now I'm sort of bi-coastal between Santa Monica and Brooklyn. Uh, Santa Monica and Manhattan, but mostly Santa Monica. Started Weblogs, Inc. almost two years ago. We officially launched on the 1st of 2004. Got about 90 blogs, 130 bloggers, 60 million web pages a month. About 18 months into this whole... uh, grand experiment of Weblogs, Inc. We were looking at potentially raising another round of funding. Before We hadn't raised a proper round of funding before that. We had an angel investor in Mark Cuban, who I'm sure you guys uh, know, and uh, is an old friend of mine. So uh, my partner Brian and I started this company. Mark Cuban put in a little C capital, and 18 months in, America Online started talking to us. As you guys saw, they uh, they acquired Weblogs, Inc. in the beginning of October. At the Web 2.0 at the Web 2.0 conference. Yeah, that that was big news right before the conference. Uh, yeah, the news broke the night before, and then I was there for it. But ironically enough, I didn't speak at the first Web 2.0 conference or the second one. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder why. Oh wait, John Battelle is launching a Better Weblogs Inc. As two different people told me, he described it a Better Weblogs Inc. in Federated Media. So you guys can draw your own conclusions. <laughs> uh, well, we know about that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Well, actually, tell us about uh, what did you do before Weblogs, Inc.? Uh, well, I started a magazine called Silicon Alley Reporter in New York City. It was a pretty big magazine. It was uh, at the same time John was uh, doing Industry Standard and Red Herring and Upside. And uh, it became a really big magazine. It had 70 people working there doing events and magazines and email. Grew it from zero to almost $12 million in revenue a year in four years. Started it when I was 25 years old back in 96. So I was just a kid and came out with this little newsletter and boom, it just exploded and grew really quick. And then boom, when the dot-com bubble burst, it, it came crashing down pretty quick, but uh, we saved it. We, we changed the name from Silicon Alley Reporter to Venture Reporter and made it like a database of all venture capital transactions. We wound up selling that to Dow Jones. So if you go to VentureReporter.net, you can uh, see the Dow Jones site. You know, the people who publish the Wall Street Journal and whatnot. A bunch of our staff still work over there. Excellent. So we had a soft landing with that one. Industry standard crashed and burned. Wow. Red herring upside crashed and burned. I mean, everybody just hit the wall. It was brutal. Yeah. You how how old are you, dudes? I'm 25. 25. 32. Oh, okay. So you guys aren't that uh, young. But you so you guys were like in college when the dot com thing. Yeah. Or just out of college. Just out. Yeah. So like I had graduated college in '93. So I was in the workforce for about two years, and when the dot-com thing hit, man, that was crazy. What was that like to watch from being in school? Well, I was actually working at I – I was just out of school working at Procter & Gamble as a chemist, actually. So I wasn't even in the IT market, really. Right. But you must have been fascinated by it. Oh, yeah. Well, I've always had an interest. I yeah, both of us were very interested, and uh, I'm trying to remember if we had any web pages up or not. I'm sure we did. Well, we had the Soga site. That's true. Yeah. So cool. good. That- Land, uh, we, we actually used to throw land parties back in our younger days. Oh, really? Yeah. True nerds. Respect. <laughs> Very much so. Absolutely. So what, you guys are playing Doom or something like that? Yeah, we started Quake. back in right at the very beginning of 98. Command and Conquer, StarCraft? No, absolutely. What, StarCraft? All of it. Command and Conquer, what? 
Well, all of them. Yeah. Right? So we just, uh, different all lines. of them. We got up to 120 people at one point. I mean, we had a pretty big party. What? That's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah, we'd uh, we'd set up a network for 120 people, and they, we would uh, we would game straight for three days, and then tear it all down. Wow. We we do that once uh, once a month. Really? That is, um, and all that time you could have been dating girls, but instead you just play video games. <laughs> <laughs> I was the same position, man. I was in New York and yeah. going to land parties. That's exactly <laughs> what I was doing. Although in New York, it was really bizarre because a friend of mine used to run a company called Pseudo. P-S-E-U-D-O. His name was Josh Harris. And uh, I would go to his parties, and we'd have Doom set up in the network. It was like when 95, 96, when Doom first could be played on a network, when it first came out. Ca- Castle Wolfenstein, I guess, was the first one before Doom. We would go to his loft in lower Manhattan in Soho, you know, and it was, like, really trendy. And there would be, like, all these crazy guys play- doing drugs, playing these games with, like, supermodels on their lap. And people would be, like, tripping on acid, playing video games. It was bizarre. It was a very surreal scene. <laughs> That's a whole different kind of land party than that, what we do in the Midwest. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. People tripping on acid while playing Doom and Quake. It was pretty bizarre. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just had little 14-year-olds drinking a lot of, a lot of balls. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, just completely jumping around all over the place here. Um, yeah, come on, guys. You guys are the interviewers here, man, not me. We, you, we gotta, gotta, we gotta, the, you guys got to have the questions, <laughs> hard questions. <laughs> Corral you in there. Actually, how did you come up with the idea for a blog network? That is a good question. That's a great question, Chris. My partner Brian and I were at a Knicks game. They were retiring Patrick Ewing's... Um, number and we're sitting there and we had lost a couple of employees at Silicon Alley Reporter, Venture Reporter, to blogs. Uh, one of them was named Shenny Jardin, who does Boing Boing. And the other one was hmm. named Rafid Ali, who does paidcontent.org. Two uh, really great bloggers, right? You guys have probably heard of both of those blogs. Mm-hmm. Those guys used to work with me, for me, at Silicon Alley Reporter. And they left and they went and they started doing these like blogs and they started making some money from it. And it was a real wake-up call for me because I was like, wait a second, these guys are making more money on their own and doing better content without me. Hmm. You sort of have this like aha moment. So we started modeling like, gee, you know, these blogs, there's so many of them and they, they, they seem to be promising, but they're not making any money. How could you make money off of these, right? When generally we aren't making money. And so I looked at it and I said, well, they got to be vertically focused, right? Like nobody's going to buy just like Jason's blog, unless you're Britney Spears or somebody famous, nobody's going to buy your personal journal, just like they're not going to buy your diary and your draw. So he said, okay, what if we did verticals? Auto blog, you know, automotive, gadgets, TV shows, films, etc. We said, okay, that will work. Clearly there's advertisers for that. And so then we said, okay, well, we got to find bloggers and how many do we need? And we started modeling it. It just didn't work. So we, we, we started doing some Excel spreadsheets and we realized, you know, you really need to have a couple of hundred of these blogs to really make it into a real business. And for me, a real business is, you know, maybe $10 million a year after a couple of years, you know, for a startup. We said, okay, well, let's try it. So Brian started the company. I, I was still working at Dow Jones, and uh, it started to work, and then I left Dow Jones and started working on it with him uh, full-time. And dang, the rest is history. It grew really quick. That's very cool. So do you can, actually, do you plan to continue the expansion of, um, of adding blogs to your network? Yeah, definitely. I mean, America Online is transitioning from a uh, dial-up business to a advertising web-based business, as you probably have read. They've made all the America Online content available to the public, 
at all the America Online services available to the public. So you don't need to be a mm -hmm. dial-up subscriber to use their instant messenger or their email programs or any, to see any of their content. You know, they've actually got like the second largest audience, you know, behind Yahoo, from what I've read in media metrics and stuff like that. So they've got this huge audience. It's not just the dial-up subscribers. Like a lot of people still have uh, AOL instant messenger, AIM, or ICQ. A lot of people still have their AOL email accounts. A lot of people still use MapQuest or Movie Phone or all these other properties that AOL owns. So they've got this huge audience, and the question is, where do they send it? And so we've become like this content studio within AOL. So we're a separate company. We make great content offerings like Joystick or Engadget or Autoblog or TV Squad or Slash Food or Blogging Baby, whatever, and uh, they promote the heck out of it. So if you go onto AOL.com, you'll see promotions for our blogs. And what do blogs really need, right? Distribution. Right. We're pretty sure that these blogs have good content. You know, people mm -hmm. are pretty addicted to them. So we just wanted, you know, my goal was always to get this out to the mainstream and then and get more people to see it, participate in it. So, yeah, we're certainly going to launch a lot more blogs. I'm sure we'll have a couple of hundred yeah. in the next couple of years. And uh, we have like 130 bloggers in five languages right now. So I'd like to get to 10 languages, have maybe 500 bloggers eventually on the payroll. Well, actually, oddly enough, you actually sent me an email a while ago about purchasing a domain name I own, scubablogs.com. Yeah, and you didn't sell it to me. Actually, well, actually, I sent you an email back, and you must have never got it because I never heard back uh, from you. Oh, you know, I must have gotten uh, Divester. We, we wind up doing Divester, as you probably mm -hmm. know. And uh, we like that name. Although some people think it means Divester. <laughs> and well, some hey, are like, oh, it's for divesting. And it's like, no, it's Divester. <laughs> well, if you're, if you're still looking for it, I'd be willing to part with it. You know what? I kind of like not having blog in the name. True. I like, you know, like you have blog in the name. It's sort of limiting. Divester's doing well. It gets, you know, Excellent. over a thousand people a day, and it's a very niche kind of site. Yep. It's people in my reader. To... Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think I'm of a... it? Is it good or? Yeah, yeah, I like it. I'm uh, well, I'm obviously down here in Miami. That's actually the reason why I moved down here was so that I could go diving more often. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I, uh, I'm Patty certified. I've uh, done a 130-foot dive. Very Excellent. proud of. And yeah. uh, I would like to go for my advanced certificate and... Uh, I would also like to dive with great white sharks at some point. And I That'd just read cool. a crazy book. Did you guys ever read the book Meg, M-E-G? I've never read it. Oh, I highly no. recommend reading this book, Meg. It's about prehistoric sharks. Ah, the Meg sharks, yeah. Megalodon. They actually go uh, hunting for the teeth over on the Gulf side. You go and uh, you grip, you like, uh, grep, you grep around in the muck. <laughs> you like feel around in the muck <laughs> for, the, for the Meg teeth. And, uh, <laughs> Where do they do that? Over in the, uh, on the Gulf side. The Gulf uh, in Florida. Yeah, the Gulf really? of Mexico. Yes, yes. There's uh, people come back with teeth all the time. Wow. Yeah. So this is like this crazy, like Michael Crichton novel about. I read it in like two days. On, I was flying on planes, and I picked it up because I had seen it on Divester or something. And it's about these like hundred foot sharks or something insane like that. Uh, you know, they can just basically you know swallow a car in one bite. It's really awesome. And they're going to make it into a movie, which oh, is excellent. going to be insane. Very cool. Uh, yeah. I guess back to AOL and when they purchase you, how is that going to affect the way that Weblog Inks is being run now? Is there Are there going to be any major changes? Yeah, well, they're going to uh, make every single blogger submit their posts, and then they're going to edit them and, and water them <laughs> down and make them really, really sucky. No. <laughs> um, what they're going to do is uh, when AOL... We started talking to AOL, and they they brought up the topic of, hey, we want to buy you guys, and that was a pretty bold move on their part because we weren't for sale. And I said, you know, it's just it's too soon. You know, you guys are going to crush this thing. It's a little baby. It's it needs another year or two to grow before it would survive in 
you know, a big organization, whether Microsoft, Yahoo, News Corp, or AOL, or any big company. And they were like, yeah, we realize that. That's our concern, too. And I said, okay, well, we both have the same concern. And they said, well, is there anything that we could do that would make you feel comfortable not make you feel comfortable selling it to us? And I said, well, I think the key thing is that you can't exert editorial control over the bloggers. Because the second you start telling bloggers what to do, they're going to... Revolt. Leave. Right. <laughs> leave. Exactly. Just to figure that out. People who are bloggers are contrarians and rebels by their nature, right? So they're doing it because they don't want to be filtered. So I said to them, I said, the second you filter these guys, you know, you realize they're going to leave. And uh, they said, no, 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 we don't want to filter them. And I said, really? That's interesting because all the other – I had met with all the major mainstream media companies and they looked at blogs and were going, hmm, this is sort of like our newspaper or magazines – except you guys aren't filtering it, so that's kind of dangerous, isn't it? I'd say, well, I guess if you look at it that way, I guess it is. But, uh, you know, there are comments beneath it so people can correct in real time and people's names are on it. The the big media companies didn't get that. And then for AOL, you got to remember AOL is coming from an environment where they have chat rooms and forums and homepages where people are saying whatever they want in an unfiltered fashion. So the fact that only a few number of people, a smaller number of people, 130, are posting to these blogs, gosh, that makes it easier for AOL. It's like, oh, no big deal. These guys are uh, more respected, more trustworthy, more qualified than just everybody. So for them, it was like a step up. Like, oh, this is more filtered. You know, it's, it's, it's more produced than a chat room. And it is more produced than a chat room, but it's certainly not as produced as the New York Times. Well, big media companies are still afraid of blogs. I mean, look at the uh, – was it Forbes or Fortune that had the article about attack of the blogs? Oh, that was so dumb. I was like, and you know what? Everybody was like, there was this whole email chain of like all the A-list bloggers, you know, are on it. Myself and Mark Cuban, Nick Denton, and you know, like uh, the guy from Micro Persuasion, like sent it to everybody. Like, we have to attack these guys, and we have to, you know. And I was like, dudes, listen. If they understood it, there would be no opportunity for people like us. The fact exactly. that it's confusing to them means that a Weblogs Inc. or a Gawker or a Flickr or a Six Apart exists. Because if this was obvious to everybody what was going on here, then Microsoft, Forbes, AOL, whoever would already own the opportunity. Exactly. And so it's – I just – I linked back to – there was a Time Inc. story by a guy named Philip Elmer DeWitt about uh, internet porn. And it was a famous cover back in 95 or 96. You might remember it. You can, you can Google it. Uh, you can type Time porn cover or something and – or Time internet porn and, and look on the Google um, images. And it's basically a cover – with like a young child with his look like – or actually maybe don't type time internet porn because that would not get you the cover. It would get you porn. Uh, Time internet cover. No. Anyway, it basically was like this cover of this kid looking at a screen and it was this really alarmist article about how, you know, the porn on the internet was going to like destroy every kid's mind. It was just crazy. Uh, So they've been doing this, you know, all the time. The media is trying to get ratings and so – I actually found it. I did a search for Time Internet Porn Cover, and it came up. But you're also going to see some other porn. So if you don't want to see porn, do not type porn into Google. <laughs> we'll, link, we'll link it to you for, uh, for your case. Yeah, here, so. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll instant message <laughs> We'll make it real easy. <laughs> there you go, guys. I instant message it to you. But anyway, there was that cover. And uh, it's kind of an interesting way to do a radio show. We could sort of instant message people stuff. But anyway, that was the cover, and it was like, oh, my God, this cyber porn cover. It was pretty funny. Uh, but whatever, it's you know, journalists are trying to sell magazines, and you know, it's like they 
they they make people heroes, then they make them the goats. It's it's the way of the press cycle. So yeah. I uh, I don't pay it too much mind. Speaking of uh, selling, was that your original intent with Weblogs Inc. or I never build a business to sell it. That is the stupidest thing you can do as an entrepreneur. What was your original goal? I guess the original the goal in any business is should should be to make it a sustainable and profitable business. Now, this is extremely important for our listeners because our listeners are the guys building these services. And Yes, you have to build a sustainable business. And the goal was to build a sustainable blog business. We wanted to make sure that the advertisers got value from the advertising they were placing, that the uh, bloggers got paid so that they could keep blogging and dedicate time to it, and that there was enough profit left over to pay the management team and to pay some return to the investors. Uh, to the shareholders. And that's the purpose of running any business is to increase shareholder value, to increase earnings. My friend Tristan did this like calculator, you know, based on what people thought the number was for the AOL deal and you know, my blog is worth $878,000 because I have this many incoming links. It's a stupid Tristan's a brilliant guy. It was the stupidest blog post he ever did though because it <laughs> absolutely is the most idiotic way to value a blog is incoming links. It's just there's no value, you know. It's like little value what what is valuable is uh how much money do you spend producing the blog how much money do you make from the blog and then if you subtract one of those numbers from the other is that number positive or negative are you in the red or are you in the black and if you build a business to flip it you will get burned i can almost guarantee that well there's because, a lot of discussion around building flip right now you know oh it's know, so DC, stupid web, i mean what are people yeah. thinking it's like I, I just don't understand people it's like why would you build a business to flip if anybody who's going to buy a business is going to look at it and say, how do I make money from it? So like AOL looks at our company, they say, how do I make money from it? Yahoo looks at Flickr, they say, how am I going to make money from it? Microsoft looks at Groove Networks, Ray Ossie's company, they say, how am I going to make money? How can we as this big entity make that smaller entity more profitable? And so if they looked at Flickr and Flickr had never released a pro accounts, they would say, uh, we can't. It's just going to be an expense. And as a matter of fact, if we're losing money on every transaction, we're losing money on every user, we're not going to make it up in volume, right? Yeah, of course not. You know, if, if I lose $10 <laughs> on every sale, if I Still make lose. more sales, I lose more money. Exactly. So what Flickr, I think, demonstrated was people are willing to pay for a professional account. I paid for one almost immediately because uh, I wanted to upload more images. And so and I didn't have to wor- want to have to worry about it. So you know, I think Flickr demonstrated to Yahoo this can make money. They must have had thousands, if not they probably had hundreds, if not thousands, if not over ten thousand paid accounts. If they had that many paid accounts, Yahoo can just look at it and go, Okay, let's do the Yahoo calculator. We send this many people there, we get this much money. Any business that doesn't build revenue into their model is just asking for huge trouble. Huge trouble. Because what happens if the market goes down again? God forbid, what happens if there's a terrorist attack and you've built your company to flip and now there's no advertising revenue, all the buyers are gone, the stock market is corrected. What happens to your business? I would never want to – I like to be able to sleep at night. And when you're making a profit, you can sleep at night. When you have money in the bank, you can sleep at night. When you have (laughs) three months, six months, a year worth of capital, you can sleep at night. And that's what I always try to do is I try to have a year's worth of capital. It sounds crazy, but I want to have a year's worth of capital there so that if there is a storm, I will weather it. And 
because sometimes this turns into a marathon. You know, it's not a sprint. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the case of Weblogs, Inc., it was a sprint. In the case of my last company, Silicon Reporter, it was a marathon. And that company was six or seven years old when we when we sold it. So, And we could have done a better job with it, honestly. I don't know. These people who built a flip, it's just, I don't know what the word is, but uh, idiotic comes to mind. <laughs> uh, a couple of people make it work, but for the vast majority, it's... Hey, listen, if it happens... That's fine. You know, if you happen to get an offer early on in your company and you haven't spent that much money, okay, fine. I understand. Like weblogs.com, right? That didn't have any revenue. It was an asset. It wasn't meant to be a business. It was meant to be this sort of thing for the good of the community. Okay, great. Dave Weiner made some money. Verisign got some value from it. Fine. If anybody's listening out there and you're an entrepreneur, do not build your business to flip. When you go into the meetings with X company that you think you're going to flip it to, the first thing they're going to do is say, how do you make money? Excuse me, a hiccup there. How do you make money? And why haven't you made money yet? And when we went into meetings, it was like, okay, we're making this much money. It's growing this percentage a month. We have this much earnings. We project we're going to be in this place, you know, four quarters out, eight quarters out, 12 quarters out. When I could go into meetings and say that, you're just coming from this incredible position of strength. Yeah, which actually gave you leverage to keep your business intact, I'm sure. Exactly. We did not have to sell the business. There was absolutely, as a matter of fact, we had many discussions of, should we sell the business? And Mark Cuban and I and my other partners, we all talked about it. Like, do we want to sell the business or not? Does this make sense or not? And the fact that we had that leverage meant that we could make a really, really good decision. We decided to go with AOL, and you know what? We did that because we wanted to. We saw an opportunity. It took out two years of development from the company, right? We would have spent another two years to get the traffic that AOL is giving us in our first month. They're sending a ton of traffic to us. So we could wait two years to get to that traffic, or we can get it now. You know, it's, it's a pretty easy decision to make. Excellent. Good lessons for our uh, readers or listeners here. Back to your uh, back to Weblogs Inc. Um, how do you uh, how did you find your blogs and your writing talent? The writing talent in the beginning, I, I looked for bloggers who were already blogging about topics I thought would be, you know, uh, good to- topics for us. And um, I put out calls for bloggers, and people started sending in their stuff. So it was a combination of word of mouth, you know, putting out calls for bloggers, getting press that we were looking for bloggers, and then also contacting folks. Like I contacted you about a domain name at some point. You know, I, I don't have any problem calling somebody or you know emailing them. I like your blog. You know, we're going to do a blog about scuba diving. Maybe you'd want to join us. You know, we do that kind of stuff all the time. Excellent. We have so many people coming in to submitting stuff. It's ridiculous. It's actually more a matter of we're hiring people for Joystick. We need, like, another 10 bloggers. And it's really a matter of just filtering through, like, hundreds of applications, hundreds of applications. It's really – that's the big problem. You guys are are looking for a World of Warcraft blogger, aren't you? Yeah. I I don't play the game. I played City of Heroes for a while. Huh. Well. And then I realized, oh, my God, I've got no business – you know, wasting 10 hours a week of my life doing this when I'm trying to run a company. But uh, I, I did like it a lot, and I got up to, like, 30-second level or something. But uh, Cool. There you go, Josh. Yeah, no, we definitely – I want to do <laughs> – I want to cover – I want to cover – platforms and games you know like right now with joystick covers everything yeah but i want to get specific bloggers for specific games you know breakout games and specific platforms and really have them focus in on that you know here's the psp here's the xbox 360 here's world of warcraft city of heroes city of villains whatever it is well i uh i do happen to play world of warcraft very avidly so you know if you do so need, if you need a job blogging you should come work for us <laughs> okay. can you blog i know you can podcast can you blog yes i can blog i I run what three Perfect. blogs? So you get paid, get paid to uh, play video games and write about it. Yeah, works for me. That's cool. the thing is, you know, like the people who come blog for us, uh, they're blogging about this stuff already. Oh, you want to pay me to blog about something I'm blogging about for free right now? Sucker! You know, like they think <laughs> they think we're idiots. So is this it's part time funny. for these? So is this part time for these people? Yeah, is yeah, this supplemental so, income? 
I would say in the beginning it was supplemental. Like what I always tell people is 2003, people blogged for fun. 2004, people blogged for spare change. 2005, people blogged for their mortgage payment or their car payment. And then 2006, I think people will blog for a living. And then 2007, I think bloggers will be overpaid, <laughs> as they should be because in the beginning they got spare change. So yeah. you know, that, I think that's typically how this is going to go. Yeah. Um, well, we have a couple of people who are uh, getting towards full time, and it's so cool having AOL as our partner because it's like, oh, we can hire somebody full time. Sure, you know, I mean. We can't hire everybody full time, but we can hire some full time yeah. folks. And so, is that just based on popularity? What do you mean? Like, I mean, obviously, if your blog that you're that you're blogging on brings in more advertising money, then obviously we can pay you more to. I mean, is that, is that how does that have a model work? I tried or? not to. I tried not to do it that way um, because you know we wanted to have some sort of fairness across the network. So mm-hmm. we tried to pin the, the the compensation to how much work was going into the post, right? Like so on dives, uh-huh. you see like a lot of short posts that mm-hmm. might take five minutes, fifteen minutes. You figure people can do three of those an hour, sometimes four, maybe even five. Some people who are good at stuff, they're in a zone. And then you have people who do a how-to on Engadget or an interview on Cinematical or a movie review on Cinematical or something like that. That might take them two hours or an hour. So you have to compensate them differently. It might take them four hours. You know, we look at what their what the nature of the blog post is in one regard, and then the other thing we look at is how long they've been with us. So I think you know one of the important things is retaining your talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is one of the things I think we did a little bit better than Nick Denton. I mean, he he, he did a great job with the sites he did, but uh, he, he hasn't been able to hold on to the talent as long as maybe we have. What we do is uh, when people hit 500 posts, 1,000 posts, 2,000 posts, 3,000 posts, we give them raises. And so somebody who's been working with us and has done two or 3,000 posts, which is a couple of people who have, surprising number of people have, have been with us over a year and have done over 2,000 posts, which is incredible. You think about it. Ten wow. posts a day for a year, you know. There's people who've done that, you know, over 3,000 posts. They get paid much more than people who are just starting in the network. So we want to keep people there. So if you get to a little bump every time you uh, hit a certain milestone, that's pretty powerful. You don't Excellent. want to leave. So it sounds like you're, you're, you're basing it more on a traditional – you know, magazine sort of. I don't know if that's how a magazine works. I think the first part is how a magazine works, but yeah. typically how long you've been around is not the determining factor in a magazine. It's the number of words, the word count. Definitely on the word count side, we do look at that even though we don't do it based on word count because the problem yeah. is if you do it based on word count or on traffic, then people game the system. They're like, exactly. oh, if I do this, you know, post on Divester about diving for, you know, Megalodon teeth, if I put an extra paragraph in, I'm going to make an extra two bucks. Or if I do a big quote from the book about megalodons, you know, I put a three paragraph thing in there, they, they start putting quotes in, right? And so then yeah. it's like, oh, wait a second. That's not what we want. It's not in the best interest of the user, the reader. And then if you pay people based on traffic, that sort of is a problem too, because then you're going to be, oh, I got to do a Lindsay Lohan nip slip. I'm going to do the Fred Durst sex tape, which is what Gawker editors started to do. They were getting paid based upon how they could goose the traffic. So what do they do? They goose the traffic. Yeah. And why wouldn't they? I mean, if you're being paid based on goosing the traffic, you're going to goose the traffic. Yeah, Josh and I have actually noticed a trend in some blogs that are putting advertising on their uh, on their websites, and basically they're posting um, controversial things, almost like for the uh, just because it draws traffic. Right. And uh, some people go to like Technorati um, page, and there's like the Technorati you know top ten search terms of the day. So like right now, Paris riots is number one. Mm-hmm. So, like, you guys, let's all do a post about Paris riots, you know? 
And guess what? Now we're all number one for that. We're going to get an extra 10 readers. Excellent. Uh, I'll link that into the show notes. I'll give you that. Oh, yeah. Don't tell anybody, man. That's how I get all my traffic. Uh, <laughs> now we know. Well, actually, Ajax <laughs> and Web 2.0 are always at the top. Uh, and you could actually, you know, you can do a Technorati bomb. Do you know about that? No. That you guys familiar. know what a Technorati bomb is? No clue. Basically, if we all go to Technorati right now, we could, we could do this as a test. Let's all type in um, Web 2.0 podcast, right? But all compacted, no spaces. W-E-B 2.0 podcast, uh, and I'm going to search for that. If we search for that like 10 times each from different IP addresses, so if you guys are on dial-up or can change your IP or go to one of those IP things, it may uh, actually come up in the top uh, list because it, it doesn't take that many people. You know, if you get, I think if you get like maybe 20 people to do it or 10 people to do it. I bet after this podcast comes out, it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, so everybody, when you listen to this podcast, when it comes out, if you made it to the 59th minute or the one hour and first minute, which is where we're at right now, I guess, you can type in Web 2.0 podcast. Now, we actually don't have anything tagged with that, so we'll have to tag, we'll have to specifically tag this, this particular podcast with that. Absolutely, absolutely. And then when people type it in, boom. Sounds good. So, uh, out of all your blogs, I know Engadget's my personal favorite. Which one would be your favorite besides yours, of course? Man, that's like asking a parent what their favorite kids is. That's tough. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I love all of our blogs equally. But uh, in terms of topics, I have topics I, I favor, obviously. I love Engadget, obviously. I love gadgets. I, I, I buy like whatever the latest gadget is. Yeah, I'm a bit of a gadget freak myself. Doing this like podcast, I had to pick between like four different headsets, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> um, and I've got like two 24-inch uh, Dell monitors, you know, the, the widescreen monitor, yeah. the 2405. Nice, nice. That's what I'm doing this on. I got two of them next to each other. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I have, I'm going to get a third one, so I'll have like three of them. It'll be like literally almost, uh, it'll be like five feet of monitor width. That's pretty sick. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, and I got the shuttle, ABS shuttle little mini computer, you know, like uh, compact. Anyway, uh, so yeah, anyway, I love I love Engadget, obviously, but uh, I really love Cinematical because I'm into film. I'm into cinema. I go to Sundance every year and really love that. Been involved in independent film for a while, so I always I, I always go to Cinematical. I love TV Squad. I love Luxus. There's all like cool luxury stuff in there that none of us can afford. I like Adjab, A-D-J-A-B, which is like advertising stuff because I'm into that. And then I like some of our niche blogs like the Microsoft, Google, and Yahoo blogs. I like to track those. Uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot in the network. Uh, slash food, I'm a bit of a foodie, so I like that too. I like a lot of them, to be honest. I read a lot of stuff that's outside our network too, so... I always read Fred Wilson's blog, uh, AVC. Uh, I read Om Malik's blog. I read Rafat Ali's paid content, GigaOm. I read a lot of business kind of blogs and stuff like that. I read Perez Hilton. That's my gossip blog that I read. You ever read Perez Hilton? I've never even heard of it. Yeah, neither have I. Yeah, Perez Hilton. I think it's Paris Hilton's like cousin or something like that because he's always got his pictures of himself with Paris Hilton kissing him. And I think he's a gay guy because he's constantly like making these gay jokes and he calling himself Paris Hilton's favorite gay guy or whatever. But uh, he's funny. He writes funny stuff. And he's always got these great paparazzi photos and stuff like that. Cool. So uh, what are you guys going to do? You guys want to get on a – should we play some uh, Command & Conquer after this or what? Can we get a land game going or something? <laughs> I don't think I've been, playing, might. <laughs> I've been playing the Lord of the Rings game. Oh, yeah? Is that any good? Middle Battle for Middle Earth. It's sort of like Age of Empires. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, the new Age of Empires 3 is out. I'm going to get that. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I'm kind of I'm looking for for a new game. Kind of uh, getting a little bored with my game situation. Yeah, I've actually stopped gaming. I've been uh, I've been trying to learn how to draw. I wanted to, I wanted to do uh, some it's like a web a web comic, but yeah, who knows? Well, that's a good idea. I do a web comic. You should do a web 2.0 comic strip. <laughs> <laughs> that would be brilliant. You should totally do that. Tons go of to, content uh, there. <laughs> seriously, you could like totally make fun of everybody. You should go like on memorandum memorandum or whatever that is. Where like, oh memorandum, yeah. Memio Ram, how would they pronounce that? You know, like uh, take like when eighteen people comment about the same Scoble story, you could make like a funny little comic strip about you know everybody commenting about each other. That would be really funny. You know, I thought that Memio Random was going to be something where I don't have to have eighty blogs in my feed, but no, it's just you know the same five blogs over and over again. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's, it's getting uh, a little bit wider. It's casting a wider circle. I give him a little credit. I think it's a cool idea. Maybe just I don't know what time to grow. I don't get the business model, you know. It's like uh, an aggregator of a bunch of different links. I don't know. It's uh, maybe it's like a feature. It's a, you know, what it is. Is it's another one of these um, interesting features of a business. Whenever you get that sort of like, okay, I've got like one little feature. A lot of people tend to stop. They're like, oh, I got a feature. They confuse a feature with a business. Yeah. And that's like one of the big cardinal sins of entrepreneurial sort of uh, efforts. When you get a feature, you've got to build a business out of it, not try to. You've got to build the next feature. You got to make it a more well-rounded business. Is my point, you know. Yeah. So, like, if I was the memorandum guys or memorandum whatever it is, I'd be like, okay, we've got this interesting way of putting together what's going on in political blogs and what's going on in technology blogs. Well, now you've either got to go do 150 verticals, or you've got to figure out a way to make this work better and get a partnership going with some folks to get distribution. It's like they really need to step on the gas because I know everybody's looking at that going, hmm, that's an interesting idea. Let's uh, take that to the next level. And you know that's going to be a feature of Google News next. You know, like it's just too obvious. Yeah. I think a lot of these guys building these web services are just kind of like, hey, I've got a great idea. Let's do this. And, you know, it's kind of the whole build it and they will come kind of thing. <laughs> or they hope they will come. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, it's an idea, at least. I don't know if you want. <laughs> yeah, listen, if you, I guess it's all a matter of intent. I mean, if you just want to get your stuff out there, fine, you know. More power to you. Yeah, Josh and I are just kind of doing this just for fun. Well, you guys are making connections, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, now you are. guys know me, so you can call me anytime and be like, hey, dude, you were on the show. Hey, can we crash at your pad? <laughs> no, uh, but uh, I will uh, actually talk to you guys at a conference and be like, hey, dude, what's up? Yeah. Cool. So, uh, you got any super secret business news that you want to release about Weblogs Inc. right here on this show? Yeah, you want to know who's going to buy America Online? And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Tell uh, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so do I. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> I want to know too. <laughs> I have no idea, but I just did a post on my site because for the first time I'm like, hmm. You can go to calacanis.com, C-A-L-A-C-A-N-I-S. I did this post like, uh, I wonder if I should comment about what the possible permutations are of AOL plus, you know, insert other big conglomerate here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, for the first time, I've actually self-censored myself. <laughs> you know, I'm like, uh, I don't think I want to do that. Huh? And it's not because nobody it's nobody at AOL has ever censored me or told me not to blog something. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, this feels like somebody's going to read this and misquote me, and then I'm going to get like a whole bunch of phone calls. Well, you know, that goes back to the whole, it's... All bloggers should have some sort of integrity anyway in what they post. Are you saying I have no integrity? No, 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 no. Did you wait 109 <laughs> minutes into this podcast to tell me I have no integrity? No, you just demonstrated Chris, that you have integrity. Chris, how could you say that? <laughs> is that Chris who said it? Or is it John? See, now, 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 that's Chris. Chris. You know, now, Chris. You, now you're misquoting me. 
Chris, I'm not misquoting you. You said basically Cal Canis has no integrity because he wouldn't blog about who's going to buy AOL. No, no, no. Listen, I, will, I will break the news right now. I'll tell you who is going to buy AOL right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Looks like our, our, my, my, my download on BitTorrent is completing, so I'm going to lose you guys. But uh, <laughs> i got to download the next episode of Lost. You guys want to know who dies on Lost? No, don't. Oh, someone dies? Don't tell me because, you know, i got to download it now myself. <laughs> well, you guys didn't read on TV Squad. Okay. Shh, 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 shh. <laughs> Nobody tell anybody. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I mean, this was a cool show. Yeah. You guys seem like two pretty cool dudes. Well, thank I you. I commend you guys on uh, baiting me into reading your site by linking to my uh, blog. That's a brilliant <laughs> move. I commend you guys on that. I think what you guys should do is, in this, in the, in the notes for this show, uh-huh. I think you should take the Technorati 100 list and just cut and paste it, right? Okay. And put it at the end of the show notes and say... We also talked about the Technorati 100, which includes the following people. <laughs> <laughs> Just so all 100 of the top Technorati come to the site. Huh, there you go. More guerrilla marketing. <laughs> or what you could do is go to like somebody's site who's got a huge blog roll, like Buzz Machine or, or Scoble or somebody, and then cut and paste their entire blog roll into the bottom of the show notes. <laughs> See, now that would then be you, gaming the system. <laughs> yeah, why not? You're getting, you listen, it's gaming. You, you, and you can put there, we are now gaming the system in order to see if you guys would get here. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's journalism. Whatever. It's a test. It's a, it's a little test to see if uh, people will come visit your site. Yeah. I think it's a brilliant move. I'm going to go do it on my blog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being on the show, Jason. Yeah, hey, guys. A lot. Very cool. I, uh, I really honestly do enjoy the show. You guys are getting better. This is like the seventh episode, right? Yep. Yeah, neither one of us had yeah. any kind of I broadcasting mean, experience whatsoever. So, Well, I mean, I don't think you need to say that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, guys, I think we've all learned a couple of things from the show. Like, next time, maybe write some questions ahead of time. Oh, hey, no, we do right? that. Oh, you do do that? Yeah, we sent oh, you absolutely. some. <laughs> all right, all right. I seem like we're a little, at, we seem like we're flying by our pants a little bit in the 40, 50 well, minute zone. Well, we like to, uh, we like to do that, though. I'm, I've subscribed to you guys under iTunes. I'm gonna when you put the show up, I'm gonna blog it for my blog. Awesome. And uh, I really do think it's a, a a really good show, and I, I like the way you guys are doing it. It's high quality. Well, thanks. Excellent. Thank you. You can make that into like a promo or something like that. Yeah, maybe we will. <laughs> we'll match That'd it up. be cool, right? Yeah. Hey, this is Jason Calacanis from Weblogs Inc. I just want to say I love the guys over at the Web 2.0 show. <laughs> Well, so there Josh we go. and Chris, if you're listening, I'd love to be on the show anytime, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. You guys are crazy and zany and kooky. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like a promo. Awesome. It's hot. <laughs> Excellent. All right, guys. We'll keep blowing it out. It out. All, right, thanks. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers, guys. Bye. All right. Later. Bye. Bye. This has been a Steel Pixel production. For more information about Steel Pixel, you can check out steelpixel.com. Or for more information about the show, feel free to check out web20show.com. That's W-E-B-2-0-S-H-O-W dot com.